Should we do some sort of countdown so that he can sync it up? I think yeah. he said just count back from five or something. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Five, four, right, four three, three, two, two one. one. Okay, that's good. <laughs> oh, wait, I want to, um, I'll do like, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. That's my, uh, my Hello Internet, uh, like binary code intro noise or something. <laughs> yeah, that should definitely be used. So, so last episode, they introduced each other as Tim, um, but I think we can skip over that. My name is Gil. And uh, my name is Paul. And I guess we'll start with some feedback from the uh, Hello Internet episode. Um, okay. What were your thoughts on their conversation about uh, Spider-Man in space? What do, you, what do you think about that? Well, so, I, you know, I didn't have too many opinions there. I think they, they did a pretty good job on discussing about everything that I would say. The only thing is that I think Brady, and I commented too on the, on the Reddit discussion, I think Brady kind of had... Maybe an unfounded opinion that uh, that there is, in fact, like kids that still dress up like all the time as astronauts, right? Yeah, I'm not sure that that's the case still. But other than that, I think they got it pretty pretty correct. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like stuck somewhere in between them. I think I I actually tweeted at Brady and he liked my post, which was very exciting. But oh yeah, he was like, um, I, I basically just said that dressing up as Spider-Man kind of normalizes space, space travel, and maybe that's kind of the phase that we're in right now. So making astronauts seem like normal people, I, th- I feel like, is a productive thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely understand what he was talking about, saying how it kind of diminishes um, the field. But, you know, I also think making normalizing them, making them people is, is helpful for people saying, yeah, maybe I could do that, or even... Um, you know, for political reasons, making that something that could probably be um, when we get to um, commercial space travel, just making that kind of stuff normal, which I thought was interesting. You know, what I almost wish that they had done is because because when they Brady first said it before Gray had seen the picture, I think Grave and expected uh, like to see astronauts that had made costumes on like very sparse material or like whatever they had available on the station. And yeah. I actually like I think that would have been cooler like to see them try to make costumes out of whatever they could and yeah. and to see the costumes made like like these actual costumes shipped up there like you know you just hear constantly this thing about oh it costs ridiculous amounts of money to send costumes and things up into space but they you know, like they sent a Spider-Man costume and I like they've sent a Pizza Hut pizza I think before yeah. and stuff like that yeah I understand where he's coming from just like <laughs> doing it purely for publicity is kind of you know, it kind of sucks, but yeah, it, it would have been cool to see them just make random things. Maybe if it was like something besides Spider-Man that was actually like that they found just yeah. just more creative. Yeah, uh, maybe no, that would have been a little better. That would have been amazing, actually. Like it would have been not just like, oh, that's neat. Like it would have been really cool to see something like that. And but and then they just send up these things that are supposedly really expensive and they don't really. You know, like, what was the cost of sending a Spider-Man costume up there? Do they tell the public that? Is it released somewhere? Yeah. And they missed out on the opportunity for one of them to be dressed as an astronaut. <laughs> that was that the was... easiest one. They already had everything. <laughs> that would actually, yeah, just put on the full EVA suit. That would have been amazing, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I need to go tweet at NASA, I think, after this one. We'll just, we'll fix that right up. <laughs> yeah, we have an idea for next year. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I, the whole hot stopper thing too. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Do you know mm-hmm. how we get? Do you know how like? I think he said something about sending them to Patreon people, but um, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in some hot stoppers. Yeah, I, uh, I. So for a long time, I hadn't actually seen a picture of the hot stopper, and I managed to find a picture, and they're, they're pretty cool looking things. And what I posted on Reddit, there's kind of like a coffee shop near me that's called Gray House. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that oh, might be it. Yeah, a- <laughs> that's a perfect place. <laughs> yeah, they, like they could they could go for that, and it's this like super indie cool place, and uh, you know, I thought that would be neat. So uh, if again, though, I'm not totally sure how you go about it. I think it's just if they like something, you shout out. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. them called hot stoppers in real life? Uh, hello, internet opened my eyes to the world of hot stoppers. I'm not yeah. a huge coffee person. Oh really? Yeah, nah. oh, I love coffee, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've never been brave enough to actually ask for a hot stopper. <laughs> Don't they? Uh, well, I, I I know there was this controversy, like what, like Starbucks took them away or something. Um, I think in the UK, but they're just always laying out at, at least the one near me. Okay, yeah. So I did. Maybe we should talk I, about that. Actually, we're like where we're from. Just, you think we should introduce ourselves a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about us. So, uh, yep. So my name is Paul. I'm at Purdue University going to be graduating in like two days i think oh congratulations uh, yeah thank you and uh so that's a degree in computer graphics technology and people kind of sometimes ask what that is it's like there's a web development component there's a graphic design ux mm-hmm. uh, user experience type stuff it is just all over the place and i think even these days they have divided it into more majors because there were just so many concentrations but so it's kind yeah. of a roundabout sort of computer technology nerd kind of major uh okay and then so also what kind of thing do you want to do after you graduate i want to do a lot of more towards design things and uh you know possibly get involved with a startup and kind of my own company if at all possible and i know that you had a couple of businesses so i'm looking forward to to hearing about those but yeah. uh that's that's me in short and some more will i think come out as we go but what about you yeah uh I am from Kentucky. I live, or I, uh, I went to UC and University of Cincinnati and in computer mm-hmm. uh, information systems, which is like kind of similar, I think, to what you did, except for it was mm-hmm. half technology, half business instead of design. But yeah, I did a lot of like coding stuff. But I also had like an accounting class. Okay, um, that's and cool. Now I work at an agency in Louisville, um, mm-hmm. just doing advertising work for um, a few clients. I started a small business. Uh, it was called New Hobby Box. It was like a subscription box. So that's like the, kind of what you were alluding to. Um, oh, yeah. It, it was like a, it was called New Hobby Box. Basically, you would get a new like a starter kit to a new hobby every month in the mail. Uh huh. And I just started it like on a, a WordPress template, and it kind of exploded in just a few <laughs> months. And like it, it kind of got to be too much work like managing inventory and uh, vendor relationships and stuff like that. So I actually ended up selling it off um, oh, later wow. last year. But yeah, is that was really exciting and it was a lot, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I have about a million questions. Is it, uh, is it still <laughs> running? Yeah, so I, I, like I said, it got really busy. So I brought on a partner, um, uh-huh. a guy that I worked with. And then we did it together for maybe like eight months or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then I started, um, you know, thinking about it more, like I said, it was, it's like hard to manage all the vendor relationships because every month is completely different. You can't really reuse people. And um, I kind of wanted to get into something a little more like digital. So now I'm um, I just started a um, like a branding studio with a designer friend of mine. And we're kind of working on that now. But 
that's a little more my pace. Um, mm-hmm. Staying out of the real world is at least better. But we like we even had like a little office um, and everything downtown in Louisville. So it got pretty successful, and you know it, it's still growing. So yeah, yeah that's so doing well. What's like an example of one of the hobbies that could have been in it? Um, one was like lock picking. That one was pretty popular. <laughs> the, the The very first one was building a foxhole radio, uh, like uh-huh. candle making, soap making. Um, lots, lots of different things. What, what, what kind of radio? A foxhole radio. So, um, I think World War II or something. This was a radio that they would build. Um, it's basically just like a magnetic wire, like uh, wrapped around a toilet paper roll, and then you uh, take a razor blade and you. Uh, I forget what the process is called, but you you heat it up, um, and then it kind of allows you like you can just listen to the radio with it, which is really weird. You can. You kind of hook up um, the end of a headphone to it, uh, and with no power, huh. you can you can pick up some stations. So it's it's a cool little project. That is just stupidly cool. The hobby yeah. box thing. I mean, like a branding agency is is really cool, and I bet you guys do some great work too. But like uh, the subscription box, that is just it's like a hot topic, and I've always you know thought yeah. about it and considered. Uh, you know, it seems like there's even some guides to get going now. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it was when when did you say you started it. I think I started about two years ago is when I started it and I did yeah. it for about a year and a half. That was probably a, like, I bet really good time to get going on that. Yeah. And at the time, like new hobbies is kind of like, you know, I'm into lots of different things. So that's kind of what, what spawned it is just like mm-hmm. me being interested in a lot of different things and then just kind of coming across like loot crate and stuff at the same time and, and wanting to start something it all just kind of came together. Yeah, I'd like I kind of want it. What is the yeah. what is the title of it again? Too uh, newhobbybox.com. New hobby box. Okay, I don't yeah. I don't know if that uh, will end up in the show notes. Hopefully, but I'm certainly <laughs> going to look at it. So yeah, yeah, I don't own it anymore, but it's it's still really cool, and uh, the guy running it's great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and it paid mm-hmm. for my wedding and my honeymoon. So that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That is amazing. Um, have you start? Have you worked on any side stuff? Yeah, I have. It, it's been a variety of, you know, how serious has it been. And uh, so I've done a lot yeah. of startup weekend type things. And I don't know if you've had any experience with those. Yeah, I, I know what they are, but I've never gone to one. Okay, yeah. So for everybody, it's just uh, like, it's a very similar concept to a hackathon, which is you basically work oh, on okay. a code project or uh, cool. any kind of hardware project for throughout the whole weekend, like 24 to 72 hours, like nonstop. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and uh, but a startup weekend is more oriented towards startups, and so you're supposed to have basically a presentation together, and you know, say why will this be successful, and you know, where can it go, and basically just sell them on the idea that it could really be a thing if you if you went farther, or maybe even you know get real customers. Um, yeah. But so we've, I've done a couple of those that have been pretty exciting, and uh, you, you know, after you get these people together over the course of a weekend, it tends in my experience to just not go as far after that, but it was, it's really yeah. fun when you're doing them. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I really uh, need to get involved in more stuff like that. I kind of just like get super passionate about something for like five days and build it all out and realize <laughs> it won't work and then start the next thing until, until something works. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, yeah, people, these, that, I mean, even the subscription box thing, it probably took you a long time getting going was, and, uh, 
that I got that live in like four days and I got like 30 sales in the first month. <laughs> you know, I know it. I've been looking, I've been reading uh, more recently the entrepreneurship Reddit. It's, I think it's just r slash entrepreneur mm-hmm. and so many stories yeah. on there. First of all, you can like, you can, it's almost actually the opposite of helpful because you can just waste your entire day on it. But so many <laughs> of those stories are just people that are, are saying, yo, I did this uh, startup that's basically nothing it's just this super recurring theme that they get started so small and humbly and it turns into something uh really big a lot of those are like people i I know what you i know what you mean because i've gone down some rabbit holes but people just get so (laughs) lucky like i don't know at least what i do is i just like not afraid to release something really bad it's like as long as like the core functionality is there Mm -hmm. um and then you know if it works, people will still kind of, you'll be able to tell and then you can improve it. So like I said, I just launched new hobby box in like four days and then that's, I got a bunch of sales and then I completely rebuilt the site and everything. That is um, absolutely that. the way to do it. Like there needs to be some kind of framework where if you haven't worked on it or like, you know, gotten customers or made a sale in like a week, then the thing should just die because right. I mean, it just, and like there's a, there's this one called Scott's flights. I think Scott's, Scott's cheap flights. So it's a website and all it is is a newsletter. And this guy started it like uh, I think oh. a few years ago now. And he's up yeah. to like hundreds of thousands of people that are interested in just subscribing to his newsletter. And then all he does too, it's no fancy uh, you know, code or anything. He sits on Google Flights and finds abnormally <laughs> cheap international flights. Oh, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so I, just, I think that's the way to go. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've made some attempts in the past at some interesting... Uh, kind of ideas one was sort of like uh like uber but for you know like a what's the word anything that um, starts with uber but for is yeah yeah i'm trying to think of what the word for like it's a cliche basically yeah uh so i don't want to say that but it was very ubery okay except for parking right it was like almost the oh, same okay. concept uh yeah, and that yeah. that was before there was a startup called zerks which actually you know, it was a thing and then it didn't, their business model didn't really work out. So now they're not a thing. But so, you know, it was sort of a valid idea. And it's just that it didn't really go past the startup weekend. And so, but graduating, having some time, I'm really hoping to, to work on some ideas. A lot of things that maybe would be like companion services for Airbnb and Uber and things like that. Yeah. And travel. A lot of, I, I really wanted to get in, into some kind of a travel related uh, idea. Yeah, that'd be nice. I yeah. I have I've been trying I've been thinking through this idea but I just don't have like now that like since we're on a podcast but <laughs> so my my idea is podcast related but I I just don't have like the technical chops to do it so maybe somebody will will steal it and maybe at least give me credit but the idea is like if you listen to any podcast episodes older than like um, a month old the ads are typically out of date and like invalid oh so I'm, I'm thinking of like um like you would upload it to their service. And you would upload, you would like put timestamps on each of your MP3s, like each of your episodes where the ads would go. And uh-huh. then every time you have a new ad, you upload it to the service and it like inserts the ads into all those places and then updates the RSS feed so that anybody that downloads, downloads the new episode has the most up to date ads. That, um, yeah, that sounds genius. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how to actually do that though, but I know that it's <laughs> possible, but I just, I, I just like any backend stuff. I, yeah. I, I can't do. I'm hoping like Marco Arman or something can build something like that. And, Who, who's um, that? 
Uh, do you use Overcast? He's a developer of Overcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, does, we're gonna um, we're gonna get to the the podcast apps of choice here because I think that'll okay. be a fun conversation. But uh, yeah. Well, before we do, I do have one question for you. So I yep. saw uh, I looked you up, and there's a picture of you in front of a SpaceX rocket. What was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, well, so if you look a little close in the picture on the polo there, there is a little logo that says Purdue Hyperloop, and yeah. so. Uh, Actually, here at Purdue, some some schools had it as like more of a, a club, but Purdue had a class to work on the Hyperloop competition. Oh, and so, little little backstory here. So, Hyperloop as a concept <laughs> in the first place is uh, one of Elon Musk's ideas that he teased for a little while. And I think in like two thousand and like thirteen, I want to say he yeah. he kind of published a white paper on it. And uh, so, what it is basically is a train sort of concept but you remove all friction right in the most basic sense it's just a train without friction uh so you've got a pod uh that kind of can hold up to like 10 to 20 people and then some means of levitation and in the original paper it's air bearings uh and then you get it up to speed and then it's it's in an evacuated tube so basically you've removed all friction and the idea is that you could do uh, spontaneous trips at any time between the example is like Los Angeles and San Francisco. So like thousand miles or so. And that's going to be something like a half an hour and it's going to cost you something like $20. So it makes, you know, it makes it possible to commute to from one major city to the other, you know, on a daily basis, even if you really wanted. So mm. that's, that's Hyperloop in a nutshell. And then just, uh, the competition that SpaceX has, so SpaceX kind of sponsored a, a Hyperloop competition for colleges to try to build a, a scale-sized pod to test in their tube. So SpaceX uh, built a tube kind of on their property along the okay. street uh, by their building. Yeah, I remember and, seeing uh, things about. I remember seeing things about that, like uh, about that that was happening. So you were there. Yeah, yeah. So I awesome. I was a part of the team for two semesters doing largely like outreach-related things and like some of the branding. Uh, just because there were so many engineers, and uh, but so we ended up down in Los Angeles twice at SpaceX's headquarters. One time was uh, was like a test sort of thing, and then the other time was actually like testing our pod in in SpaceX's Hyperloop tube. Whew. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, but so while we were down there, I got a tour of SpaceX headquarters, got to stand in front of the rocket and get some pictures. It was a fantastic time. Yeah, he's like my idol, Elon Musk. <laughs> Brady's not Brady wouldn't like to hear that probably, but yeah, I could really go on about it. It's almost to the point like uh, I there was a, there was a podcast. It was it was even a podcast I think that Gray had recommended, but they were talking doing like a series on Elon Musk, and like if it's not the nitty gritty details for me, I almost have to like go away from it. Like it's, it's getting to the point where it's like almost yeah. like a hipster level where I, it's, <laughs> if it's fundamental stuff, I, I need a little more. Yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> and like the, the thing is like, he does all of these things. Just what I love about the guy is that he does all of these things and he like, he just wants to do it because I like, guess the, he thinks that that's where the future is. Like even if he can't make money off of it, like um, like like open sourcing the battery technology or whatever it was, or yeah. like what he did for the hyperloop, just saying I don't have time for this, but somebody please do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. 
I love it. He is such a, a fascinating person. Like aside from the businesses and just focusing on Tesla or SpaceX, it's Elon who is just tremendously interesting. Like the jokes yeah. that he'll make, but like, you know, most of the times it's like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, uh, the most recent one was, you know, like, wouldn't it be funny if we made a flamethrower, like the boring company? Yeah. You, so yeah. the boring company is just his venture to like make tunnel boring faster, which in itself was a joke. Cause he was like on Twitter, he said, oh, I'm going to make the boring company. And people yeah. thought, you know, like that's funny, but he really made a company that bores tunnels out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's most, been selling those hats in his Twitter bio as hat salesman now. Yeah. But more recently, he was like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be funny, too, if we made a flamethrower? Like, he did that on Twitter, like, a few days ago. But, like, I was just on Reddit, and uh, somebody in the Boring Company subreddit, like, there's a real flamethrower that has the Boring Company branding on it that's for sale now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it going to be, like, the next Supreme with just Tesla on the, the most random crazy thing. <laughs> Like it's it's a twenty thousand dollar flamethrower. It's I don't I don't even know. It's crazy stuff, and I just it's fascinating. Yeah. I do want to talk about the flag. I, oh I yeah yeah into the yeah flag. yeah. So do I. Okay, cool. <laughs> Were you listening uh, during the election for the flag, or for the during the vote? During no. See, I missed everything about New Zealand's flag and about the hello internet flag but i've been catching up like today mostly and uh you know i have have some opinions on i'm not even actually sure which one is my favorite but what one is your favorite um i didn't actually vote because there was no there was no due date at the time and i uh Mm. i just didn't do it but my first vote would have been for flaggy flag the (laughs) one with the um the half black half white yeah i'm looking at it now yeah which one is your favorite well so i i like the last three and then i have kind of a complaint about each uh so the first one flaggy flaggy flag which at first i loved it i loved the idea of it it's just it's like so beautiful and simple and it has that kind of meaning behind it uh but but thinking about it more this is like kind of a country flag and yeah it's just it's, it's not you know, it's a little bit bland for me, so I, I have trouble okay. fully accepting it, which I know, right, it, like, won, correct? No, uh, Nail and Gear won. Oh, it did? Oh, but there's, there's a flaggy flag uprising, though. <laughs> I thought it said that the flaggy flag won. Okay, all right, I can get behind yeah. that, too. So, flaggy flag's pretty cool and minimal. Uh, hello, Internet flag, I would like I if you could... What's that? I was just going to say... You said it was kind of bland, but it is called flaggy flag for that reason, which, I, which is also <laughs> yeah. funny. But yeah, yeah. Uh, then the second, or uh, well, the flag after that one, which is the Hello Internet logo. Uh, I I listened mm-hmm. actually. I went back and listened to the podcast that was about these flags, and apparently there was some effort to make the dotted lines actually match up with the border of the flag. Yeah. And I think if that were the case, that I would really like this one because it's the logo in itself is pretty great. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you could you could just make the flag a shorter flag to make it like a square flag, but uh, yeah, I would enjoy that. Yeah, one I a would lot. like that. And then the nail and gear, which apparently is the winner here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I like that one a lot, but the the criticism I have here is underneath the flag itself, just the logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I immediately see a syringe. 
because of how the like nail intersects the gear. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of see that. You know what I'm talking about? So I almost like, I wish that the nail, I mean this, like, I know that's never going to change, but <laughs> I kind of wish that the nail would kind of go between the two gear spokes in a way. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, I'm kind of a, a three-way toss up there. And then the one thing that I would add is that, are you familiar with this one that people made that was like a New Zealand entry? Like it's called Grey Peak? Um, I think I do remember that, but yeah, I so, don't have the list in front of me now. Well, it's just basically, uh, so New Zealand, I guess, had a, had a red peak flag, right? And that one was controversial because people liked it a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, think they after, also like had a short list and then they added that flag. Oh like, after yeah. They had already yeah. Voted or something. So my understanding then is that what the Hello Internet community did was there's even a, a change.org petition here for adding <laughs> the, the gray peak flag. And I think it's hilarious because it's someone on Reddit was saying it's like a, like a mountain summit for Brady and it's like very much a parody of the red peak flag. And so it's, mm-hmm. I think it's even my favorite. I think that one is actually what ended up my favorite, even though it wasn't in the running. Yeah, I kind of, I think I vaguely remember that, but I think I do like that one too. We can, uh. We can do some show notes here and I can yeah. maybe try to send it to you. Uh, yeah, that's kind of flaggy too. Yeah, it is. It's very flaggy. I think it's a good mix of like not just three squares, but also professional looking flag. Yeah, I like the flaggy flag, I guess, mostly because the meaning behind it was clever, even though not, like, not completely accurate, but uh, like with one side being all black and white and one side being gray. What do you mean not completely accurate? Well, because neither. So I think the black and white one was supposed to represent Brady because Brady's like either hard on an issue or hard against an issue. And Mm -hmm. gray is usually a little more Mm wishy-washy where, you know, I guess that's kind of accurate, but I think gray, I think Brady does that just because he likes, like he's good at keeping conversation going. And part of that is just being a counter, like a counter argument even yeah. if he doesn't completely agree with himself. Yeah. Um, I would have I would have a lot more trouble accepting the meaning behind this flag if it weren't like from a direct quote that Brady said in one of the episodes. Oh, okay, yeah. Like it was kind of designed based off of something that he said. Yeah, I think he said like I'm black and white and you are gray and it was, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is where, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. But like is that really true? So Yeah. Oh, actually, one thing. So the net neutrality vote was today. What do you think about that? Uh, I, you go first here. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I wish that uh, they would have voted to not get rid of net neutrality. Um, but I feel like this is just like a wave of something that like it'll come up again next year and hopefully come back in some way. Um, but what's kind of frustrating is that like clearly everybody knows that it's a bad thing. Like, even Comcast came out and said, like, the most hated company in the country came out and said, like, we're not going to actually, like, uh, throttle any websites or discriminate um, based off yeah. of websites or anything like that. But, like, the second they realized that this is actually, like, could probably pass, that they withdrew that statement. And it's, like, no longer <laughs> anywhere. So, like, you can tell, like, they don't actually believe it. They just Uh-oh. know that it's a bad thing. Like, everybody, like... A lot of the politicians are even against it. Uh, clearly, the like country is against it, like the people, and mm-hmm. somehow it still goes through um, from like 
but whatever it was five people voting on it which is just super frustrating but we don't have to harp on that too long. It's just it happened today, so I figured we would mention it. It didn't seem but, like people were giving in. Like it was still like on every front page of Reddit, but unfortunately, right. uh, somehow it still did. But was this so? Just clarify this one thing, if you if you know for me, like net neutrality wasn't a thing before, like the Obama administration. Is that true? Um, I think it was. <sighs> So I'm hazy on all of the details, but I think in like 2004 or something, it was initially proposed. There were like the four rules of net neutrality talking about um, you shouldn't discriminate based off of what devices are hooked up. Um, You have the freedom to know what your provider is charging you for or something, and you should be free to go whatever websites you want to. There there was something along those lines that was proposed in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were a few lawsuits from Verizon and Com- Comcast, and um, there was some back and forth on whether or not the FCC even had the um, – they were even allowed to enforce those rules. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't actually passed until the Obama administration, so it didn't actually become a legit thing until 2015. But it's been going on for a very long time. Well, it sounds like a saga. Uh, the one yeah. comment I do have on it, because uh, I had a big, long discussion with a couple of my uh, sweet mates yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I just want to point out that I think might be cool, like a cool happenstance of if we lose net neutrality, which obviously very bad. I don't want this to happen. Like, it seems like nobody does. Uh, but if, you know, Comcast starts to be able to be not net neutral and prioritize certain data, SpaceX who, you know, Elon Musk uh, is the CEO of SpaceX. Uh, He, I don't know how familiar you are, but they're working on like a constellation of internet satellites. I actually had the same thought a few weeks ago and I was like thinking about this. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I would be all over that. Yeah. So uh, it just seems like I, I know that maybe it'll be hard for them to compete in full. But like mm-hmm. their whole idea is let's become a new ISP with these satellites and be able to provide internet. And if Comcast all of a sudden starts to, you know, force people to have certain prioritized data, it seems like all the more reason for people to go over to the the Starlink constellation, which is again the product by SpaceX. Yeah, and it so, could actually be really good for everybody. I was just gonna say it could be good for everybody because SpaceX isn't a public company, so that you know you can only make so much money, uh, you know, launching rockets. Like, no matter how far down the cost goes, mm-hmm. the supply, like, doesn't go up dramatically. Yeah. Um, just a lot of people just don't need rockets. But um, being something <laughs> that he doesn't want to go public, something like this, like another source of revenue, um, this and the BFR that's, like, um, around the world travel in, like, 30 minutes or whatever, those t- sorts of things could help supplement um, space travel and, and getting, you know, Elon to Mars finally. So yeah. it's, you know, it helps SpaceX, but it could also help um, people push people to use that Constellation ISP um, when the time, whenever the time comes. Yeah, and I really, I don't think that SpaceX would make it. I mean, I think they would make it net <coughs> neutral. I don't think there's really a chance that they wouldn't. So, I mean, and okay. it's it's supposedly like their primary means of funding the first couple, you know, manned Mars missions. So, right. 
it could end up helping SpaceX a lot, even if it's, you know, very detrimental in a lot of other ways. But yeah. What's his timeline for Mars? I forget. Is it, isn't it like in the next 10 years or something? I think we're still on 2024. <laughs> the okay. last I looked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, they had that, the rocket, the main rocket for going to Mars, uh, the BFR or big Falcon rocket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it stands for. So 2016 was when they first kind of talked about it, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2017, they've updated the design. But as far now, I, I think that they haven't actually changed their going to Mars timeline. And so if if it really ends up the proper timing, you're talking about early 20 or, or before the mid 2020s. And then, yeah. uh, you know, most likely we'll see that slip into late 2020s. And, it, you know, it's starting to become yeah. like. Do we do it before the 2030s? Yeah. Well, all I care is that I'll still be alive. So it's happening yeah. before <laughs> before then. So I, I can't wait. Yeah. So win-win. Yeah. Um, so back to Bitcoin for a second, because uh, I've just been like obsessed with this for the past few weeks. Yeah. Go um, are, you, are you into cryptocurrencies at all? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Do you have Bitcoin? I... Do not. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But I have I have a bunch of altcoins. But uh-huh. like, this is a story that everybody's saying, I'm sure. But yeah. when I was in college, Bitcoin was like five dollars or something. Oh my gosh! And I was like super interested in it, and I thought it was going to be awesome. But then I was like, oh, five dollars—that's five times, um, you know, the price of the dollar. There's no way it's going to get any higher than that because it's just like a thing that doesn't exist. It like yeah. has never happened before. So I just had, didn't understand it completely. And I don't think anybody really did. And I was in college, so I was super poor. So I never got into it. But, um, you know, if I would have just bought like $50 worth back then, I'd have so, so oh much. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's I, very disappointing. That's that's just like devastating. So like yeah. I'm kicking myself because I bought at 1600 earlier this year oh yeah like a substantial amount too and it went down a bit after it went up some and i just got out of it because i was like this is messy uh and it's it's that same like kind of gambling mentality like you can feel it it's just it's insane how uh uncertain you become and like if you hang around the the r slash bitcoin area you'll see all this talk of you know like fear uncertainty doubt and uh are you familiar with any of that no you you also have crypto kitties in here which i've seen in other places but i have no idea what that is either if you could explain that oh yeah so crypto kitties you know, you know ethereum yeah okay so ethereum is uh kind of the second most popular cryptocurrency and it's more built around smart contracts uh which are kind mm-hmm. of automatically executing contracts uh sort of like built into the blockchain and so what Ethereum has allowed for, one of the most popular applications, is this crypto collectibles game. And it's like one of the first really popular games using cryptocurrency. But okay. so what you can do is you can buy a cat, a thing that you hold. It's like a secret. There's a secret component to it that only you know. And so that's like proof of ownership by having the secret kind of code to it. Okay. And so you can have a cat. And it, like, if it ended there, that would be kind of the end of it, right? You could just collect cats. But what they've done that was very interesting is you can actually breed these cats. So you can take two cats and breed them together and create another cat. And then, you know, those cats have value and 
here we are now the the first like 100 cats that they sold go for like a hundred thousand dollars or something right now that's ridiculous Hmm. so how exactly does the money accumulate you're buying a cat yeah it's just it's kind of you're just buying what amounts to basically like a token right it's just a it's just a code basically I don't want to talk too technically about it because one, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but you know, you just, yeah. you have proof, you have the ability to prove ownership of this cat. And then with that code, there's a, some sort of, you know, front end that's not decentralized that generates a cat image out of it. And they're like these okay. just cute cats. And so basically then, you know, you effectively are collecting the cats and you can breed one cat with another cat and you can end up with some interesting combinations and like, There's some certain rules, too, on, like, if they breed more, they'll be less able to breed in the future and stuff like that. It it makes for just a crazy thing. Do you have any other ones? Do I, like, hold any others? Yeah. Uh, Well, so the reason I originally had gotten Bitcoin is because I wanted to get in on storage, which was S-T-O-R-J. So I held Mm -hmm. that for a while. But then, like like management issues that I kept on top of just seemed really overwhelming. And so I kind of got out of that. But um, yeah, the one interesting kind of story I have with the Bitcoin though is so recently I was just thinking about like, Oh man, Bitcoin is, it costs like $17,000 or something right now for one Bitcoin. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, this finally got me thinking enough, like, well, do I have any Bitcoin laying around? And Mm -hmm. in, (laughs) in 2015, as part of a presentation, uh, for uh, like just a communications class at college here, very boring class. Uh, I talked about Bitcoin and I thought that it would be fun to put like $20 worth of Bitcoin across 20 wallets and then hand those out to people like paper wallets. So there's just <laughs> oh, no. pieces of paper that have the code on them and everything. Yeah. And I gave them to the, to the people. Um, but the way that, you know, the blockchain works. So I still have copies of these wallets here. And, you know, the other day I was like, huh, you know, I wonder, because at the time, everyone got like 50 cents or a dollar at the most or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if if anyone has touched any of these. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> in, in 2015, Bitcoin was worth like tw- or $200. And so, I went and I looked, and I was like, ah, well, this is pretty cool. It was like uh, like a thousand, almost like eight hundred dollars from my accidental investment. So it was a little bit of work to get, uh, you know, the Bitcoin from twenty different places, all yeah. consolidated together, and that kind of skimmed off the top a little bit. But yeah, that's pretty good because I was just like, oh, I have a couple hundred dollars accidentally laying around from this silly thing that I did. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I wish yeah. I would have done something like that. But I, <laughs> I mean, I'm on Reddit watching some of the comments and people are like, yeah, I used to have 50 Bitcoins that I used for <laughs> some kind of drug, you know, cause it was a big yeah. use for it up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you just have, you know, probably some of the people actually became pretty wealthy from it. And then the other ones are the ones commenting on Reddit that they didn't, but it's just so funny that this thing that <laughs> people trying to get drugs have now become very wealthy as a result. Yeah, they just like have them laying around that they forgot about like you, but probably like 50 of them. Yeah. I've been really into, um, do you know about IOTA? Which one is that? So that's the one that's, it's not built on the blockchain. It's built on what they call Tangled. Um, mm-hmm. It's just another like distributed um, currency. 
but there's no transaction fees. You kind of validate transactions before it lets yours go through. So people, everybody's kind of validating their own stuff. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really interesting for that reason because it allows, so their whole thing is, um, internet of things like microtransactions, mm-hmm. um, because of the no fee to transfer it, um, it allows you to charge like a penny for something. Uh, like one of their examples is that if oh. a like drone is flying across the country, it could stop in different areas. It could pay, um, for like solar power or something and just continue on. And um, all transactions are, are free. Um, hmm. But it's, it's just super interesting. But it hasn't really, like, it's down to, like, $3 or something right now. three fifty, I think. Hmm. So it hasn't really taken off. But it's, it's among the top 10 in market cap right now. And it's a really interesting one. Um, there was, like, I think some, like, MIT study where they found some security issue. But it's been, since been um, fixed. So mm-hmm. um, I'm curious how that affects it and um, if, if it'll improve. But it's just a really interesting. There, there are a right. bunch of them things built on the blockchain outside of cryptocurrencies that's uh really cool right now that i'm kind of um getting interested mm-hmm. into. Hmm. yeah i know i've seen their logo around but i guess i just haven't looked into it too much i'm guessing or maybe i read that that i oh iota is like is it internet of things is that yeah. sort of an emphasis right, yeah. of it yeah I just know right now that at some point I'm going to look back <laughs> and listen to this and be like, my God, IOTA was $3. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got like, I didn't invest a whole lot, but um, I did buy some stuff last week down when like Litecoin was at like $100. So oh. I've got like 80% uh, Litecoin and Ethereum, which Litecoin's now tripled and Ethereum's up maybe 50%. Mm. Um, then I've got um, maybe like 20% of my portfolio and smaller things like um, IOTA. And there's one called Substranium, I think, which is like a distributed web host, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, there's another one that's doing like um, predictive analysis of things. Um, I think it's CND. Um, mm. But it, that one's like under a dollar right now. So I've got a bunch of like really small, just interesting things. And then I'm just going to try and forget about it and then come back in a few years and see what see what's going on. Yeah, what I what I really want to do, and I actually found a way to do this at least with Bitcoin, is lock myself in. Right, like if I can just say in three years, like like don't even make it possible for me to move this money for three years, and yeah. then in three years, if it's nothing, then that's fine. But you know, if it's something substantial, it prevents me from you know selling it anything before yeah. then. But I, I actually found like a. I, it's some kind of protocol, I guess, with the the blockchain. I'm not sure how it works, but I think you can actually do that, where it's just impossible to move the coins prior to a, a date. Yeah, I've been thinking about um, Exodus as a wallet um, app for, I think it's everywhere, but it, it's just a wallet. And I've been thinking about like moving all of my currency to that wallet and then removing it from my computer, and mm-hmm. so that like I have to download it, I have to restore from the backup phrase. So uh, just make it super difficult for me to actually yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, that's what you, you got to do unless yeah. you can just lock it digitally. So it's just actually impossible, but otherwise, you know, keep it away from yourself and make it hard. Uh, yeah. There's been so much hype lately though. I'm sure everything's going to start dying down. So it's, it's, it'll be good to just keep it away so that it, you know, you don't accidentally sell, just, just leave it in there and let it do it, let it do its thing. Do you have an Apple Watch? 
I do. I have the first generation Apple Watch with a big crack in it, though. Which one do oh, you have? I, I don't have an Apple Watch. Oh, you don't? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I have the first generation, and the later one, or the, the second and third, seem really cool, but mm-hmm. not enough to, to buy another, like, 300-something dollar watch. Because mm-hmm. um, I still have to, like, even with GPS in it, I still have to bring my phone for music or podcasts or whatever, so it's not really yeah. saving me anything there if I were to go on a run or work out or whatever. Um, so there's really no advantage. Um, but they are really I cool, and I, I do love the watch. Yeah, it's it's a really tempting thing. This is uh, it's a similar boat as the earbuds for me because it's you know it's another thing to charge and it's another thing to pay for and uh, things like that. Yeah. The biggest draw though, the Series Three with the uh, with cellular, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I'm not going to do it. I have decided I'm not going to do it. But I'm extremely interested in the idea that I could leave without my phone. Like I've, I've even if they offered just the data and not having a phone. I think I would give that a go. Yeah, that's the, yeah, I guess that's, I could get away with just the watch now that they have cellular, but I'm not willing to pay $10 or whatever it is a month for yeah. the cellular. So I'd rather yeah. just run or do whatever I need to do with my, with my phone. Yeah, it's just not worth it for me. But the idea of like just walking out the door with a watch and still being able to kind of get texts and do some simple stuff yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I, w- I would like that a lot. Maybe, maybe one of these days, but yeah. <laughs> The deal breaker, actually, though, is that the the Apple Watch has next to nothing for podcast support. Yeah. Um, do you know who underscore David Smith is? I, I don't think I do now. He develops a bunch of like workout apps, and he mm-hmm. just released an app called Workouts Plus Plus that streams podcasts um, oh. in the app, and it's free an hour. I haven't given that a shot, and I don't have a cellular watch, um, uh-huh. but that's a that's like a compelling app because it's really the only use case that you would have or probably the most common use case you would have for listening to a podcast without your phone yeah Um, so he's got it built in there which is really cool but i I know that so marco arman i kind of mentioned earlier he builds overcast which is my preferred um podcast Mm -hmm. app which we can talk about he tried to build a watch app for his app that actually didn't work out and he ended up just stripping the whole functionality so i'm wondering if he's going to add that no yeah i saw that and i was like this is the whole point of an Apple Watch. And it needs to be saved, too, because if it has to stream, I think you're just going to kill your Apple Watch battery. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I saw that. Do you want to use this as a graceful segue into our podcast apps? Yeah, we can pretend that it was on purpose and we can talk about <laughs> um, podcast apps. So what, what do you use? Do you use the um, the Apple one or do you use, like, Stitcher or something? Mm, no. Well, so I did use the Apple one for a little while, and that was, like, my first run of uh, of hello internet and things like that yeah mm-hmm. but like i stopped listening solely because of the the experience with the with the apple default podcast app yeah it's uh, kind of clunky i just i don't understand what's going on and i i from there i kind of got back into it recently and i started with overcast because i think gray even has a blog that says what podcast app should i use and it says like overcast mm-hmm. um, and i started with that and i really like it but it also kind of manages to confuse me somehow. I don't know. I it's just I don't hate it, uh, but I gave it a go, and I ended up actually using one called Castro. Hmm. I haven't used that. What do you like about hmm. that one? So Castro, I think you would you would like it. So it's four dollars. It's paid or three or four dollars, um, but it is just built 
all around good design. Like it's probably one of the best designs app, designed apps that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what it, it kind of works is it just has basically like four tabs down at the bottom. One is search, so you can search for shows. And then you okay. can subscribe to shows from that. And then once you subscribe, you're given like four options. When there's a new episode, add it to my inbox, add it to my queue, or just archive it, right? So basically you can say, if there's a new episode, totally ignore this. There's a new episode, add it to like my kind of email like inbox where then you can pick what you're going to do with it or just immediately add it to my queue. And it's just such a great uh, just flow for using mm. using podcasts. I'll have to check that out. I, yeah. I just, I, I do love Overcast though. Do you, so does that have like a smart speed feature? Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I wrote like emails back and forth with the developer. I don't know <laughs> if maybe smart speed is like patented maybe. Or not, you know, like someone's intellectual property. It does not. It does not have smart speed. Yeah, so Marco built smart speed from the ground up. But I know that some other apps like replicated it. But his is just like so good you can't even tell that it's there. It's just like so smart Mm -hmm. speed for people who don't know is just where they cut out long pauses or silences. Mm -hmm. And and as, as, as I was talking, I just went into the app and it tells you how much time you've saved cutting out those, um, that those pauses. And so far I've saved 182 hours for just smart speed. So not including like, like going 1.5 X or whatever, that's just cutting out silences. Yeah. So that either tells you how good it is or how much I listen to podcasts, but um, (laughs) yeah, I I love that feature and it's, it's really great. Just the way that I use it is I will add all of my podcasts, but then I have playlists for um, different things. So I have like my favorites playlist. So Mm -hmm. Like usually the ones I I listen to every single episode of, so like Hello Internet, um, there's one called The Complete Guide to Everything, which is hilarious, and just a few other ones in my favorites, and then I have like a a business one and technology one and stuff like that, where just if I'm interested, I can go in and listen to whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of how I I have mine set up, and it just downloads everything, and I'll just delete them as they come if I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I really, I support it. I think that Overcast is great. Uh, I just I love how nicely made this other one is, and uh, the big thing for me on the smart speed. So the reason I think it's probably like an intellectual property thing of some mm-hmm. degree is that the only uh, you know other one that I've seen have smart speed was uh, Pocket Pocket Casts. Po- yeah, Pocket Casts. Pocket yeah, Casts. They have a trim, right? And I think they're getting around mm-hmm. the smart speed thing, or one one of them is getting around trimming by calling it speed. And so it it seems to me like that's a legal thing, but maybe it's not. I don't, I'm not sure. But the I way know that, that I, smart speed is trademarked, and the technology that he has is probably protected in some way. Um, yeah. So I feel like it yeah. might be hard for others to implement. Yeah, I do remember him talking about like making sure that he branded that feature because it was such a big um, attraction. Yeah. To the app. But Another the, thing that he does is chapters. Have you seen those? Are those in Castro? I'm I'm not sure what that means. Chapters? Yeah, so you can encode so um oh podcast I, okay. people can encode the MP3s with um like markers for chapters so you can kind of skip ahead if you want, which is just oh. like a nice little feature, but that's actually like really great. Can the chapter have like a name or a description? Have you seen yeah, that? It, yeah, it can have name, description and even like a, a different um artwork. That would be really nice. Does uh does Hello Internet do that? Hello, Internet doesn't, but do you listen to um, uh, Cortex? Yep. 
yeah so cortex does that they'll do like they do it a lot actually so they'll have like different artwork for almost every chapter all the time oh well that's actually really cool okay you might you might get me back <laughs> over there <laughs> yeah you should check it out it's really good but yeah, I, I think I'm going to check out um, Castro, though, too, because that sounds cool. Too. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I really, you know, sometimes I want to go back on a moment in a podcast. And ideally, I just want to search and, like, there would be a full transcript in there or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm almost kind of surprised nobody does that. But, you know, chapters, too, I think would make it a lot easier to figure out where things were versus, like, going through the whole thing and trying to remember and look at show notes to figure out the right places. Yeah. Some, so, so. Uh, an issue that like all these pod can you hear me Uh oh all right i'm connected again and recording uh do we want to count again yeah let's count all right five four four, three three, two two one one okay all right um yeah I, i think getting back to your kind of idea to do this ad injection thing for podcasts Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's so much potential. Like, why can't I search an entire podcast through, you know, for a, a keyword from a transcript right. that was automatically generated? And uh, part of it might stem from the fact that podcasts are sort of not owned by anyone. Yeah, that's true. It's like such a good thing about podcasts, but also. Yeah, that's what I love. But between, uh, you know, not having. Not not being owned by anyone and like YouTube, it's like designed to make me stare at it for as long as possible. Whereas podcasts, yeah. it's just it's use a different you know client if you want uh, to not be drawn in as much. So I really enjoy that about podcasts, but also just being able to listen in any condition is amazing. Yeah, there are things that they could do to like allow people to build cool things, um, like trans like at being, having a way to add transcripts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that I was going to say about Castro, I was going to kind of justify why I'm okay without the smart speed feature. And oh, okay. so my reasoning is that I, I'm i not trying to get through podcasts, I guess, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, no, yeah, I get what you mean. I've actually recently switched my settings. So in Overcast, you can like give certain settings for each podcast so i've got my like news and oh, right. like informational stuff going at like a little bit faster mm-hmm. but i've switched all like my entertainment stuff to just being regular speed um, because <laughs> same thing like, i'm not trying to get through it because as soon as yeah. the episode's over i'm kind of like oh man it's like now i need to find something else like yeah now you're so, yeah i understand you, where you're coming from you're in too deep though i don't know if you're gonna like castro at this point like you've graduated <laughs> on to onto the overcast world because like you you can't do that in castro and there's other features that are are lacking uh but yeah, like you can also can't even really make playlists in it but that's kind of what i love is just the simplicity uh yeah. and then part of that is not having that that trimming which i know that gray and brady have kind of made the point about just wanting to to listen in real time but like more than it just being convenient listening you know it's not like weirdly sped up or it's not skipping comedic silences or whatever yeah. uh it's just like i have a backlog of about 50 hello internets or something <laughs> and when that ends i'm not really like i'm gonna feel sad about it yeah. right so if anything i want to elongate that 
Yeah. Uh, and the only real exception is if I'm trying to match something to like the like the rest of uh, the drive time I have or something, then I'll speed it up. Or if I have to be listening to it and I don't want to be. But yeah, that's the worst is when you're like you get to where you're going and there's only like five minutes left in an episode. Like, well. yeah, that's what another thing. Like so much opportunity in podcasts. Like, why can't I put in the time that I have and it picks the speed that makes it that time oh yeah that would be pretty cool or even if i just had two times speed if it just showed me how much time was left instead of like the fake time or the the real time left but going faster yeah yeah that would be nice it's been a a rough selection process and i have about like 50 potential podcasts to add in the future but i've like kept it very limited i've got in here so 99% invisible, which largely gets ignored, but it's, yeah, that's some, a great one. it's sometimes okay. So I let it, so this is the beauty of Castro though. <laughs> I let those ones go to my inbox uh, and I just look at the description and then I dismiss it if I don't like it. Uh, Cortex and Hello Internet, which, you know, the soothing voice of CGP Grey. And uh, so for a while I actually didn't listen to Cortex, but because it kind of looked like it was a, like a show making podcast or something. Um, yeah. But then I realized that this is just a productivity podcast, and I love it. So I, I added that one in there. Uh, Dear Hank and John, which I think is pretty. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of them, they have. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. They have the bet about when they're going to get to Mars, and I think Elon <laughs> Musk's projection is before that. And I, yeah. I was thinking about that when we were talking about that earlier, but I didn't know if you had listened to it. Yeah, Elon Musk's prediction is substantially before that, but he is known to be about two times. <laughs> you know, like double whatever he thinks. So we'll see about it. I have Showmakers, which is a one by the Wendover Productions guy. Are you familiar with him on YouTube? I'm familiar with him, but I didn't know that he had a podcast. Yeah, he has one. Uh, he just talks to different, uh, I guess, content creators in general. And mm. so the first one is Hank Green, and it goes from there. And, you know, there's some pretty popular people in there. Okay. Yeah, his uh, but, YouTube channel is really good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like it is the the modern gray. It's it's yeah. really fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, then I have one called Tesla Daily, which I really don't listen to at all. But it is a really, like, it's basically a news ticker, like an RSS text feed, because the guy has show notes that tell you what's going on with Tesla, and they're only like five uh-huh. minute uh, episodes, five to ten minutes. But I usually just read the notes, and that's pretty good to keep up on the news. <laughs> uh, Unmade podcast for Brady, two Tim's talking for Tim's. And then the one other noteworthy one in here is the truth, which is, are you familiar with it? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't listened to that. So what I really like about it, I actually, I asked on a, of course, Reddit, cause I was looking for a podcast that was just stories and I didn't really want like a, like a narrated story. I want a, a show that's as if I'm just eavesdropping on some conversation that's happening. Yeah. And uh, the one that came up that I think is pretty popular is The Truth. And that's Hmm. basically exactly what it is. So just various stories that can be really about anything, but it's just as if you're there listening to the people. And I really think that's cool compared to like having a narrator and stuff like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I just just subscribed, so I'll be listening to that. Yeah, and they're, they're a nice 20 minutes, you know, so it's not too intense. Okay, that's a good amount of time. Yeah, and uh it's just it's cool because there's there's some apps and things have you seen there's like apps 
that pretend like a text message conversation is happening is happening, yeah. but it like yeah. is a story. Mm-hmm. It's basically so it's that, but it's in the form of a podcast, and you know, acted out, and you know, mm-hmm. different voice actors and everything. So, yeah, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. That's about it for me, though. And most of those I have set to just automatically archive. It's really Cortex, Hello Internet, Dear Hank and John, and The Truth. Um, I'm looking at my favorites list here, and I'll just like pick the highlights. But <laughs> how many um, total? <laughs> There's not a number, but it's a it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, hello internet. We talked about Cortex. Um, I listen to the Unmade podcasts every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Under the radar is a, like a iOS development podcast that oh, has okay. Marco Arment and underscore David Smith, now, which we talked about. Marco Arment is a guy that makes Overcast. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I know those sorts of things. Okay. Um, I see. I listen to the complete guide to everything, uh, which is these two guys, Tim and Tom. It's just like I found them, I think, by looking for an episode like I was like looking for a podcast about like poker or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I downloaded one of their episodes and because you think it's like a, a complete guide to everything. It's like a podcast, a very informational podcast. But what, what they end up doing is just like talking about just random things for like 75% of the episode and it'll just like vaguely mention what the hmm. episode title is. So it's really a comedy podcast. It's not informational at all, but the two guys are just <laughs> hilarious. Um, they're really good. Um, Ear Biscuits, do you listen to them? Rhett and Link? Uh, no. See, I, I'm actually like almost actively trying to not remember yeah. <laughs> these because I like it's just this is going to overwhelm me and I'm going to become addicted to podcasts. Yeah, I need to try and forget something. <laughs> um if i were you that's um jake and amir from college humor they have a podcast which is really funny where they just give advice to people Mm -hmm. um hackable uh it's a podcast about like technology and so this guy basically finds hackers to like hack into his things to see um how easy it is to do and it's like super weird and scary podcast but it's like it's uh really fun and interesting too Um, let's see. Oh, Reply All is probably my favorite. Have you heard of that? No. A relative podcast newbie over here. Okay, well, if you're going to block out all of these, uh, I would definitely recommend Reply All to be, like, oh, yeah? the one that you check out. Because re- it's every every episode is so good. I'm writing them down now. Okay, I'll look at that one. Yeah. You really just Reply All. All the other ones are great, but that one's really good. They. It's- it's what? very like technology and internet focus, but okay. the guys that host the show are like they're super cool people and they they're like really knowledgeable and they really do a lot of research into um, all the topics. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, then just some like NPR politics, um, five thirty eight, and and a bunch of, of just a bunch of other things. But yeah, that's kind of what my favorites looks like. I listen to too much podcasts. Solid, yeah. I mean, uh, with those AirPods, it's a deadly yeah. combination. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Do you want to you want to use this to segue into other apps on uh, on your home screen? Yeah. So you sent me your home screen. I couldn't really make out a lot of them. Um, kind of explain what you have going on there. Uh, it was very nicely laid out too. Right. So the, the one the image you have actually isn't the final form. Those folders are now above the apps. Okay. Yeah, that's how and I that, my... Well, just so the middle one, I put letters there because it's like an awkward amount of space if you don't put something in the in the blanks. 
Oh yeah, you have your name there. Yeah, I do like that. Or, yeah, hold on. Yeah, the middle one. Yeah, I was like, what else should I put there? But what I've done now is I've actually changed the background to just have a little thin gray line between the first row of apps and the second row of apps, and then I've put uh, like like an invalid character that makes it look. I mean, it makes a blank where the the name of the mm-hmm. folder should be. But when so you open it, does it have the block there? It has a yeah, stupid question mark is the name, okay, and okay. I don't I don't love that, but yeah. it's not too it's not a deal breaker for me. So yeah. other than that, though, that's pretty much my home screen right now. So I didn't know what Castro was, but I know what that is now. So what's what's Forest? Uh, Forest. I think it's a paid app, but once you get it, if you start growing a little tree, it's like a little kind of cutesy, uh, almost game sort of thing. Not really game, but like if you start growing like, a tree in the app, then if you leave the app, you, like you can turn your phone off or whatever, but if you leave the app, it will kill your tree. And so it's kind of a, a get off your phone sort of app. Oh, okay. You know, so it, you you don't want to kill the tree, so you have to not leave that app and go look at other apps, basically. So it. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah, like that idea. You pick a preset amount of time. I think it's like really uh, successful. Like it has design awards and everything. And what's cool too is if you if you grow enough fake digital trees, you can like earn enough points that you can plant a real tree like they'll plant a real tree for you Hmm. a few years ago there was this i think it was an app or maybe it was just a website i I guess it would have had to be an app but it did a similar thing to where it was like this was was a few years ago so i only vaguely remember but you had to like leave it on the app and it was like fill up and then for like every certain amount of time you would hit different milestones and it would like donate water similar thing but they would donate water for every second that you're not um using it but yeah i like that idea there yeah that's pretty cool it didn't make the final cut on that last home screen over there but (laughs) and what's the um like blue circle with like an s in it oh oh wait the s on the bottom yeah so okay so that is right so it doesn't have it labeled there it's a simple note and okay i live and die by it it is by the same people that made wordpress it is a notes app plain and simple uh you can there's a couple little nice features to have but essentially it is a bare bones notes app and i love it i need one of those yeah i've been been looking at like just i've been trying to make one just because i haven't found one that i like (laughs) that's just like just like i open it and can just start typing is what i want yeah i mean it like i wouldn't as much use it for writing like i know gray has his suite of uh things for authorship and things like that but as as far as a notes app that doesn't have like it doesn't have dates that remind you like that you can set alarms or anything it's just you can create a new note it's similar to the apple notes app actually but just more pure and uh to the point i'm a really big fan of simple note um so what i have going on here is i just switched to carrot because i used to use dark sky but because their Apple Watch app has like the mm-hmm. weather and the sunset on the same component, which I liked, and it was the only app that was doing it. But this, Carrot this is just—is this a weather app? Yeah, so this is a weather app. Okay. Uh, Carrot Weather, and before I was using Dark Sky, but Carrot Weather just came out with an update to where you can like customize your um, complications on your watch, 
to really whatever you want. So that's really cool. And then they use the Dark Sky API mm. to populate the weather, which is why I was using Dark Sky because it's um, it, like among the most accurate that I've used. Um, so that's what that is. Then I've got like all of these to-do apps. Um, Gray, I know Gray doesn't like Evernote, but I love Evernote. Like, <laughs> you could, like, in the future, they could use my Evernote to replicate my brain if they wanted, and I'd be, like, e- absolutely everything that I have is that, in Evernote. That's me with like, Simple Note. Yeah, all of my, like, doctor stuff, my clothing sizes, my mm-hmm. thoughts on everything, everything's in Evernote. Wow. And then, like, for daily to-do list stuff, I have Do, which yeah. is just really great. Um, it's, like, a bare-bones kind of yeah um, reminders app which i really like and you can just open it up really quickly type something in really quickly and just hit like plus or minus an hour or a day it's just really easy to to get everything in there so that's why i like that a lot yeah i've been i don't think i've tried it but i've been very tempted like several times yeah it's so good and then i use this one app called grocery x which is uh yeah it's it's just a list app for groceries but i've been loving it lately because my wife and I can just add things to the same list. Oh. And it doesn't doesn't have to be like it's more organized than just a regular notes app. And it's I don't know. I I like this one probably too much. Huh. Um but yeah, that's what that one is. That's cool. And then uh. Tweetbot and Apollo. So you use the native Reddit app, right? I I tried Apollo. I don't really think it's either been a very long time or I haven't tried Tweetbot. Um but yeah, I've got the native Reddit app installed. Yeah, I just started using Apollo maybe a month ago, but I'm really liking it. Got like got the paid version because it lets you like change the icon, which I like like that alone is a pretty big thing for some reason, but I can change the icon so it kind of matches my the rest of my icons a little mm-hmm. bit better. Yeah. And it's got a pure black um skin and, or like theme and all these other themes and I don't know, I just I just like the way it's laid out. Yeah. A lot better. Yeah, I don't have really like complaints about the stock Reddit app, you know, because yeah. for for a while there wasn't one, right? It was like Alien Blue. Yeah. Um, but I've been pretty happy with the the default Reddit app and this. Oh, you know what it was with Apollo though too? It doesn't let you post unless you have a oh, yeah. uh, a Reddit app. Yeah, or, uh, I do like the Reddit app, the the, just the native one a lot. Yeah, so it was a toss up for me, but it's interesting to see if people are really using that. Yeah. And I'm really trying to cut down on apps. If you look at that final home screen, like nothing is hidden on a second page of a folder. So it's almost like bothersome to me to have, uh, you know, I really, I want everything to be in like two clicks and I really, you know, you don't need more than 47, which is what it is on that final screen. So I've got a, my, my biggest folder is probably like four frames, but my first one, as you can see, is just one app. Uh, I stole that from Gray. <laughs> I've got bullets for the names. Um, I just think it looks a lot cleaner. Yeah, I like the bullets. Yeah, but I yeah I've got more apps, but anything in a folder I I just search for, and then mm-hmm. anything that I use often is just on my home screen, and then I have no second page either, like so just on the regular screen. Each of those folders though has another page before it, is what you're saying, or? Uh, yeah, all of these folders have two to three uh other pages on them okay okay but it keeps it kind of clean with just one yeah because i just i yeah i just don't like having a grid of nine i'll believe i like me too 
But yeah, if that's your only apps in there, then I can see how that's helpful because you can literally still see all of your apps. Yeah, yeah. But um, some of them are really like dumb and I don't want to still have. Like I have, uh, you know, one of them is for my <laughs> keyboard. Like I don't want to have to have an app laying around for my keyboard. Yeah. Uh, and some other ones are just for the purpose of having a widget. But Oh, yeah, well. that's interesting. So I'm like the only person I know that uses this today view like with the widgets so mm-hmm. what, what sort of thing do you have in there i have Sp- spacex now which just basically gives the the when the next spacex rocket is launching which one launched oh, uh, earlier today like this morning uh very successful in the first reuse of a booster and capsule at the same time which is really great i'm gonna have to download that yeah well you i think you pay a dollar to unlock that uh the the widget but it is very worth it, and the app itself has plenty of other cool SpaceX-related uh, stuff. And it'll do, like, notifications on popular Reddit threads, so I like that a lot. Uh, and then I have the battery one because I wouldn't have it, but AirPods, it's kind of yeah. useful to have that because sometimes it's tricky to get them to show the battery amount with just opening the case. Mm-hmm. And also to minimize my screen, I've taken the percentage uh, battery percentage off of the top all the time. So, Oh, I'm going to interrupt for just a second but that's another big add-on for the iphone 10 that i like is that the oh, top yeah. is so much less cluttered I, yeah like, i i just don't like like the bluetooth signal up there and like just all these unnecessary things <laughs> like when i have a, a timer or a, an alarm set for the next day it's like got all that up there so i love how much like more clean it is yeah i saw that gray was uh you know gonna switch carriers i don't know if this was a recent episode or not but or if it was cortex or hello internet but he was going to switch carriers because of the uh you know the logo like he has the carrier three (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i I, yeah i I love it i could see doing that but i'm stuck with some verizon wording up at the top so oh well yeah sorry to interrupt you can you can keep going oh yeah so that's pretty much i have those two and then sometimes i throw the coinbase uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Litecoin prices mm. on there, but it also stresses me the hell out. So <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, my God. <laughs> uh, and then I have Robinhood, which is a zero commission stock trading app. Oh yeah, I used that for a little while. Yeah, That's nice. And that that sometimes I put the widget on there for Tesla stock. Um, I've got uh, my weather from Carrot Weather, and I use Fantastic Hal. Um, so I have like my whole calendar there, which is really helpful at work. I can just kind of slide over and see mm-hmm. my calendar for the day mm-hmm. and I can, you know, that's just nice. And then I have my lights, uh, just a hue widget for turning on and off lights. I also have my battery on there and then coin stats, which is, um, just has all, all of the different cryptocurrencies that I follow. There's uh there's some guys that I met actually that are near Purdue that just started, uh, just released an app called Coindex. And uh, it's pretty clean. I give a major props on it. I don't know how it compares to the one you've got there, but uh, if I yep. had need for it, I think that'd be my my go-to. Yeah, I'll look that up because the one I have it does what I need it to do, but it doesn't look great. Yeah, they they seemed pretty uh, design conscious. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's quite a mix. You you seem like a kind of power user, a little bit power user. Uh, yeah, I try to. Um, I like, especially on the Mac, I use all the shortcuts that I can, 
Um, I use, I've always got like six spaces open in which, which at work I'll walk around and people have like 45 tabs open and they're like oh going gosh. down to their dock. like they don't use the, um, whatever it's called where you like can see all of your apps, like the three fingers up. Yeah. Yeah. Like Do they you don't have... use any of the gestures, which is very yeah. frustrating. Uh, do you have a, I don't use the app showing gesture very much, but do you have, let me, let me just run down a series of quick questions here. Do you have the dock auto hide when you're not looking at it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like some people, and I, that's not the default <laughs> the behavior. And I'm like, what, what are you doing, Apple? Do you have something that will maximize windows for you? Maximize windows for me? No, like what? Uh, I have one called uh, Window Tidy. I got that a while ago. There might be some better alternatives, but it just lets me, you know, take it to take a window to the full screen, which is another feature that I am like astounded Mac doesn't have by default. Huh. Is, so it's like a shortcut, like a keyboard shortcut that does it? Yeah, it's actually if you're holding a window, like four little options will come up on your screen and you can just drop it into the like full screen option oh, if you okay. want. And it'll maximize it, but also have some shortcuts. Gotcha. Yeah, I just press the like maximize button in the oh. top right left there. But that one, that'll take you to like full screen mode, though. Yeah right oh yeah oh you're just talking about maximizing the screen yeah i just want the window to maximize oh okay so it's full screen full screen will like uh change kind of how the app works sometimes and i just i don't really like that yeah i think you can do that with option clicking uh, oh yeah screen icon but i i like i like the new full screen where it really like where it takes it to the full screen and then like merging like two full screen apps side by side, kind of oh, like how yeah. the iPad does. I use that yep, all the time. Yep. I don't. I don't use that like hardly at all. But I could see it being useful. And I am pretty big mm-hmm. on spaces. That's pretty pretty great. I've got four going right now. Yeah, you're actually blowing like, my so mind. Though. Little people, so little people use the spaces. It's like, oh, this is the like one of the most used things. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason, like, it keeps things so much more organized. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of those, and I don't really notice a performance hit on them either i'm like sometimes yeah. concerned about it but it seems pretty good about that yeah. uh do you have anything to hide apps or so i guess what is on your desktop do you have folders there and then if um, you do no i have nothing on my desktop oh that's a good way to go that's a really good way to go yeah i uh probably a mistake but a long time ago i picked to have the desktop to be like every file on my computer oh man but so so it me out yeah but what it is is I do just one row of folders, and then everything is compacted into you know one of those. Yeah, my laptop and, at work does. I I'll keep my laptop at work to one row, mm-hmm. usually like five or six folders though, and then every every once in a while I'll clean it up and put things where mm-hmm. they go. But my work computer does have some, but my personal one I I never have anything on my desktop. Yeah, so I yeah, keep every. Do you use iCloud for storage? No, no. I, well, yeah. actually, yeah, I do for the phone, but like, I don't store computer documents in iCloud or whatever. Yeah, I have like all of my stuff in in iCloud so that I can access it from like my personal computer, my work computer, or my phone. So mm-hmm. really, not a whole lot is on my hard drive here. Well, obviously, it's downloaded from iCloud, so it's it's on my it's copied to my hard drive. But yeah, er, er, all of my stuff is there really. Yeah, I just, I kind of like having folders on the desktop. Just, you know, it's like it is the place that things end up between the downloads yeah. folder and the and the desktop. But then what I used to do too is I did a little terminal command that lets my, uh, 
uh, what was it? It lets me make my hard drive also a folder or something. It was a while ago, so I don't totally mm-hmm. remember. But the thing that I did was that because if you have Office 365, you also have like a terabyte of storage. Oh, okay. I used OneDrive, and it actually worked surprisingly well. It, it like it wasn't. It was a little glitchy, but it worked surprisingly well for being basically free for backing up all of my files because I kept everything on the desktop, and then my OneDrive was my desktop. Gotcha. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and so you know, as a result, I could get to any file on my phone or across different computers, which was pretty cool. I have a question for you on how you use your Mac. So, do you use Finder to get to everything? Uh, not Finder. No, I actually kind of hate Spot Spotlight. I mean, not Finder. Spotlight's all right. I I do have a doc that has uh, most of the things I will ever click on. Because actually, if I don't have enough in the doc, the doc is too big. Like the doc resizes with things in it. Uh, so I have to have at least like 20 things down here. So the doc has the vast majority of things I ever click on. But if it doesn't or I'm looking for some file or whatever, then yeah, it's going to be the spotlight. Gotcha. My docs, if I don't have any open apps, my doc has nothing in it. Uh, I use I just use spotlight for everything. That's a bold like, way to go. Yeah. And then I like my downloads folder is always empty. Um, but yeah, that, I get to everything just using spotlight. Huh. Do you use Bartender? I don't use. I don't have enough. See, I'm I'm really trying to be minimalist, so I don't have enough things in my uh, my bar to justify Bartender. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> use Bartender to get rid of everything. So my my menu bar only has Bartender and the time. Mm. See, that's that's a really good. I like this. I especially like the nothing in the dock because then it's just like everything down there is something that's open. Yeah. Because the only way that I tell what's open otherwise is I do the, I do command tab, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, that just, like, kind of cycles through what's open. And if it was actually, like, reflected down in the dock more clearly, that would be pretty useful. Yeah. But then the other thing, because I have things on my desktop, and sometimes I even have more than just the standard folders if it's, like, active stuff I'm working on. What I have, though, is a keyboard shortcut with my, like, one taskbar application, which is called... Hidden, hidden me pro, right? And so what that does is it just turns off all files. Like it looks as if I have nothing on my desktop when I press that. Okay. Yeah. So that effectively then I can kind of not have anything on my desktop, but then have super easy access to files. Yeah. Because I just like click the shortcut and it comes back. Yeah. I need to find a way to close all of my apps faster i just use command option escape and you can kind of do the force quit on everything that's the fastest way that i've found but i just want to like press one button and close everything because mm. i like when i'm finished with my laptop i like everything to be closed except for i'll have full screen evernote to my as my furthest left yeah and um my email as my farthest right full screen and then my my desktop is there in the center that might be like a set up default what's the little uh automated thing forget what it's called that little robot in app in uh max uh yeah is it just automator automator yeah that might be one for that yeah that's true maybe yeah i need to look into that i don't know yeah it might be good to end on how we found these podcasts i actually i think i like just came across hello internet (laughs) just from the name because like 
I'm like super into like internet culture stuff. So I think I was just like looking for a new podcast and I downloaded a bunch and that was one of them. And I was like, oh, hey, I like I'm subscribed to this guy's YouTube channel. So I kept <laughs> it on and kept listening. Yeah. Um, but that was probably around episode like 15 or something. OK. Um, like that was when or that was like just after because I think they were going to do 10 episodes and then to see if they wanted to keep going or not. So they only like committed to 10. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I started like just after they finished oh. um, doing that. Well, how did you find uh, Gray in the beginning? Um, it was I think it was just I don't even remember what video it was, but it was um, I think one of his like gerrymandering videos or something mm. was really good. And then I listened to um, some of the voting stuff uh, and then I subscribed after that because they were just really good. And then Brady, that's... I didn't know about until i listened to the podcast but now i'm subscribed to um, number file and objectivity mm. those, are, those are my two favorites of his awesome awesome i uh, i distinctly remember humans need not apply being kind of like the pivotal yeah me understanding who gray is kind of kind of video mm-hmm. and then i don't remember where hello internet came in but it somehow tumbled into that and i think brady tumbled out from hello internet so and then cortex also so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like this uh snowball effect but i think humans need not apply is where i i began yeah that's a great video i think and it's his i was just gonna say i think it's one of his longer ones right yeah but, what's the one uh about um kingdoms or kings for oh the um, rules for rulers a, rules for rulers yeah, yeah yeah that one's really good too oh um, my gosh yeah those, those two are probably my favorites yeah I haven't been as much a fan of the more recent ones, like uh, like the, just the teleporter one, like is good to talk about. But I, and between that and the death one, I, it's kind of like more philosophical, and I'm kind of in it for the geography, politics, kind of applicable, yeah. you know, that more kind of thing. And also, yeah. like you know, the teleporter argument just goes like way back. So yeah. I like the ones about, yeah, I like the geographical ones and political ones too, like the um, first past the post voting or like the ranked voting one I thought was really good and completely changed my opinion on the whole voting system. I I went back Um, and watched both of those today because of, uh, because I was listening to the flag podcast and they were talking about how they're going to do voting. And so I watched those videos as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, five thirty eight's doing a whole gerrymandering series right now, so I went back oh. and watched his video on gerrymandering. Do you want to uh, say like Twitter handles? I guess. Sure. Uh, I'm at Gil Osborne. No you. Um. No, yeah. no you. Oh, like B O R N E is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people will spell it with a U because of Ozzy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, just that Gil threw Osborne. me off for a second. I am. <laughs> At the River Paul, which is, you know, like the river sticks, I guess. I, I don't know why it became that. 